Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh gosh, I could not be more excited to introduce our guest today and have a conversation with Professor Ruth Kane. Uh, I have been gushing about her and her team, the University of Ottawa. They have been studying the Libby Method for for how long now, Ruth? How long has it been? Um, two years, probably. Two years. Yeah. Wow. So this is Ruth Kane. I will have her introduce uh, herself. She is not only a fan, obviously, of the Libby Method, but also a Libby loser herself. Uh, you've done the program. Ruth, maybe start uh, with your experience uh, with the program so we can kind of connect with our community and they can finally see you because they've been hearing so much about you. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. It's it's lovely to be here um, and to share some of this work with your with the members. Yeah. I started the Livy program and counted it probably in 2019, and I had enormous success myself. I started as clinically obese at 226. I ended up a year or so later at 150, and I've maintained that since early two. 21. So I sort of got to that goal weight in early 21. I've bounced around five pounds, six pounds, but, and I'm actually back in the program now because now that is all settled. I'd like to get down lower. I'm about five foot three. I've still got weight to lose. So, Um, but for me, it dramatically changed my life. For the first time in my life, I was comfortable in my own skin. I'd been a chronic dieter. Um, I'd been angry at my body my whole life. And I had just got bigger and bigger and bigger, like many, many, many of our members. And so I approached you when you first started calling for staff, like when I started, Andrea and... Terry Ann. Mary Ann were the only people there. So when you first started calling for staff, I wrote to you and asked whether you'd let me do research. And first of all, I did it by myself. And I made mistakes with the surveys. But this year, since last year, since we got government funding, I've got a statistician working with us and we cleaned up the survey. And um, now we can be very, very confident in the results. And mainly the results that speak to percentage weight loss, which is at the start, you'll remember, we always just focused on how many pounds you've lost, which is, it's not scientifically relevant for the medical or the health professions because they have to know what weight you were when you started, what percentage body weight, et cetera. So now we've got, we've got pretty compelling evidence actually. And from like this, the data we're presenting next week at the conference is based on the fall session and the winter 23 session, and we've only extracted data for first-time members. Oh, wow. So we don't complicate matters. So we're, we are um, also analysing the other data, but we're extracting data for just the people who have only been in the program for three months. So wow. we who did the fall program as first-timers and did the winter program as first-timers. And we know from the Facebook or from the registrations that the people we have are 24% of the total population of first-timers around each time, 23.8 one time, 24.2 the second, which is a huge... I, I went back to the statistician and said, can I confidently say at the conference this is a this is a really good sample size and she said yes most statisticians working most researchers with population studies like this would be satisfied with a 10 percent 12 percent response rate so we've got 24 so yes so I just wanted to give a shout out to all of our amazing community because Ruth couldn't do it without you guys taking the time to fill out the surveys if you are a new member, at the at the end of the program, 
you have an opportunity to fill out a survey at the end and, you know, tell us your your stats and your numbers, but also your thoughts about the program, things that you would like to see improve as well. Ruth has also been working with focus groups as well. Um, you know, we're really into proving that the Livy method is a healthy, sustainable way to lose weight. Ruth is also studying the way in which people learn and the environment. So a big part of people's success is the community itself as well. And then when she talks about clinical numbers, what we mean by that, maybe we can expand on that, Ruth, is yeah. in order for like doctors to refer you and insurance to cover you and to be really credible, you have to lose a clinical amount of weight in it's 5% of body weight in six months. Is that is that the number? Yeah. And then greater than 5% is clinically significant. And what are we seeing in our numbers? Well, at the moment, we're seeing that in 75% of the first time members, 75% of them are losing in excess of 5% of their body weight, 5% or more in three months. Now, we will go back to these people who filled in the full survey and check on them every six months. And the same with the winter survey, the people that agreed to that. And there's about three and a half thousand agreed each survey. And so we have 75% losing clinically significant weight loss. We have something like 25% or, uh, yeah, 25% losing 10% or more of their body weight. Now, wow. that's, three months is a very short time. It's a really short time. And so that's um, these are very compelling figures. People within three months getting out of the obesity range into overweight, people getting out of overweight down to normal, into the statistical ranges that medicine works with. And if we can demonstrate this 5% weight loss, which we can, um, it will encourage doctors and encourage Canada Health to allow this to be recommended, to be prescribed. At the moment, doctors are allowed to prescribe Weight Watchers. And Weight Watchers is, there are some studies that show 3 or 4%. But and seven percent, and so that's how they were allowed to get into that that mm. field of research, I guess, or field of medicine. I know that we have um, we actually on over on our web page we've added some of the stats. Maybe Drew, mm-hmm. uh, Drew's our producer of the show. Maybe Drew, you can pull that up so, to see the stats. If you want to go over to our website, JudaLivy.com, we've added this here and those statistics that Ruth was just talking about. Well, first of all, we can talk about the growth of the Livy method. So you can see uh, Ruth was referring to the, the our very first few programs, uh, 2018, and then just from there, how much we've grown. I think that's really important um, because. This is just word of mouth from our amazing uh, community spreading the word. So first of all, thank you to everyone listening, because if you're part of our community, honestly, this is this is all you spreading the word. This is what I want to look at. New members, weight loss trends. So you have the fall and the winter stats. So you have the start of the fall program in which 53 53.8% of our members of the people who filled out the survey um, were obese. And by the end of the program, that dropped down to 36.9%. Like that's, can you just talk? And then then again, uh, previously in the winter group, 54.5% of our members were in the obese range. And by the end of the program, 40.3% of the members. So this is incredible. So can you maybe talk about these numbers a little bit more now that we have these visuals um, up here for our members to look at? That's that's the data that I think will be the most compelling to the medical field at the conference, that we can shift, like, people just through eating sensibly, through being aware of what they're eating, through following the guidelines of proteins, all that sort of thing, no weighing, no measuring. These are the sorts of results we get. And this is over 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, 3,000 first timers. One of the one of the sessions is 2,900 and something. The other one is 3,048, I think. So this is really significant that we that I don't want to say we that that, that members can move from being obese, which comes with 
massive clinical um, problems, health problems, into the overweight range. And from there they can see the normal weight range within sight. Like this is pretty powerful and the graphs show it really, really well thanks to Drew and his team. Yeah, drawing the graphs for me. So you can see that the obese range, for example, um, you know, members drop down quite significantly from obese Mm -hmm. into the overweight range. So if you look, if you're able to see these graphs, and if you're listening to our podcast, you can head over to our website, genealogy.com and check it out. And then the overweight range numbers actually go up because more of our obese people drop into the overweight range. And then our normal range. So in the fall, 10% of our members were in the normal range. And by by the end of the program, 23.6% of the members. And our, our, and then the winter program, our most recent program, uh, we started with 10%, uh, 10.7% in the normal range and then ended with 22.8%. This is, I mean, we en- even ended up with people in the underweight range. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like it's a, just a real visual representation of really what, not that it's just that the program works, but what people are truly accomplishing. And to your point, not counting, not weighing, not measuring, but losing weight in a healthy way where they're not starving and depriving and neglecting and any of those things, which is just, yeah. what's your, um, what's, and keep this page up, Drew, because I want to go down to the next slide uh, that's sliding across and we'll quickly go through those, which is talking about total weight lost and, you know, um, you know, non-scale victories and such. What's your favorite takeaway or thing about the program? Like, what are you most excited about? Um, I'll speak personally and from the from the focus groups. I think there's different groups of people in the program. There's people like me. I turned 66 years old on Monday. I've been dieting since I was 12. Mm-hmm. And I've, there's a lot of people like me. We've done everything. We've done cabbage soup. We've done you name it. We've had injections. We've done all these crazy things. For the first time in our lives, we've got a healthy relationship with our bodies. So Mm -hmm. that, for people like me, that's life-changing. To know when you're hungry, to know how to feed your body, even though, like, look at me, I'm a university professor with a doctorate. Like, I'm not stupid. I understand stuff. I can read stuff. Um, But I never... I thought I knew it all. And to understand and have a relationship with my body that I can be comfortable and live a life I was meant to live, I think it's that's my biggest takeaway personally. For And I think I hear that every time I do a focus group from people like me. For others who, who had babies and just have 20 pounds to lose or something like that, it's more in reach for them and they haven't had this history of dieting, but still everybody learns something. It's incredible that people come into this program and this is from the focus groups. A lot of us come in thinking, what, what's Gina Livy going to teach me sort of mm-hmm. thing. And we learn so much about ourselves and our bodies and, One of the biggest things coming out of this year's focus groups that I did, and I did them all this time, I didn't, Holly was too busy, um, is the mental side of it. And I did hear recently, Gina, that you you said you were going to speak to a psychologist and how important it would be to have some sort of mental health or psychologist counsellor first of all, who'd done the program and understood it yeah. <laughs> um, because people shared quite a lot of things that they'd done for themselves to help them work through the mental things. And I'll share those with you when I see you this week to see if you want to incorporate them. But they're just little things like journaling and different things. But the mental side of it came through the focus groups very strongly this time. I love that. I actually just recorded a podcast yesterday with Dr. Beverly. She's going to be joining us in the group. She's going to be coming on in the next few weeks. And I just, I 
just was so wowed by the conversation because you know we can bring we can help people bring awareness right we can we can tell them what to eat and when and why we're suggesting that and you know we can talk about how feelings are normal and you know how they get brought up so you can work through them and and bringing awareness to your issues and associations and obviously you know habits filter into that and and beliefs but the missing element of the program is the tools to do something about it. Like we can bring awareness to it, recognize that you keep doing this or recognize you keep using food as a method for managing your stress or your emotions or whatever, recognize you keep, you know, sabotaging yourself. But then there's the why are you doing it? You know, and, and what are the steps that you can take to do something about it? And we literally, we just recorded that podcast yesterday. Um, and I'm just, I really do believe, I mean, I thought about going back to school myself um, for psychology because I've known for a while it was going to be a huge element. I just don't have the time. I mean, so <laughs> no. busy helping the people actually lose the weight that that sort of, and, you know, I like to stay in my, in my lane. So I, I love hearing that. That's, 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 that's yeah. timely. What what other significant stats are you excited about, uh, Ruth? What what do you what do you what? So first of all, let's talk about you're going to be presenting uh, at the conference uh, at the summit uh, next week. Um, you know, what are the some of the numbers that you're excited to present? Well, the most exciting is probably the percentage weight loss, and I say that because I'm assuming that's what the health industry will listen to. Yeah, they like figures and research but to me I mean to me the most compelling is the focus groups and the stories because they're life-changing like the figures the figures convince medical people but the stories are like to have a 40 year old mother of three little kids say for the first time ever this winter this past winter she could buy snow pants and play yeah. in the snow with her two three children yeah. like this is something that gives her so much joy and changes her life and the stories are so compelling to me and in the focus groups this time also there were people who didn't lose weight yeah. but the interesting thing about them we've just finished doing all the transcripts the analysis i've actually got a member helping me i'm paying her as a researcher assistant and she's analyzing the transcripts and members who actually put on some weight or didn't lose weight are filling out the survey or talking about it in the focus groups or even filling out the survey and in the comment section putting it and saying but I understand why. They're not angry. They understand why they didn't Mm. lose the weight they wanted. So they're taking ownership of it. So the other thing that has to be said about the survey is the correlations that are coming out. And I know that for some people, checking in every day is time-consuming and things like that. But there is a statistically significant relationship between the number of times you check in. So checking in daily, listening to the five-minute check-in or going on the into the community daily and the amount of weight you lose and the satisfaction. Not the amount of weight, the percentage of your body weight that mm. you lose, so relative to your size. So yeah. this keeping the habit like your favourite book, the op- which I just got, Atomic habit. Yeah, yeah, that one. Keeping a habit going, having some sort of structure, but it also enabling the program to be tailored to yourself. Yeah. So it's there, you make it your own, you you fit in those check-ins in the morning or the live when you're walking at night time, whatever. But there is a statistical relationship between the consistency of engagement. And your weight loss. Well, this is why a big part of the app, and you know, this is why, yes, the check in every day, because when we didn't have an app, right, it was like 
check into the group every day, like at least watch a check-in video. And then we sort of progressed into daily intentions, setting your intentions, come back in at night, end of day reflections, or, or do it in a journal. And this way I love about our new app is there's no counting and weighing and measuring. It's not consuming in that way. It's like taking the time to prioritize and be like, I'm doing this. This is what I did about it today. And to be able to reflect on that. And we have statistics with the, with the app team as well, with the number of people who are actually using the app that corresponds with the weight that they're losing. Statistically, yeah. the more often people use the app, the more weight they are losing. And it's not the magic of the app. It's people making it a priority. People continuing to make themselves a priority for so long or as long as they need is quite difficult. Quite yeah. difficult. Yeah, um, it definitely shows in the surveys statistically. And that's one of the things in the scientific literature that's they're asking, we need evidence of engagement and weight loss. So that's engagement. The number of times they check the app, the number of um, the consistency in checking the app, we need engagement. The big thing, the big thing that we need and we need time, and that's why our shirt grant goes for two years, is sustainability. So showing that people can, like me, sustain this weight loss sustain these, this new way of being, of new way of walking through the world as a totally different body and sustain that over time. So our, 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 our next major focus is the, is the maintenance part of it. I, I do want to, because I know with our live here in the Facebook support group, we have people who kind of filter in uh, talking to uh, Professor Ruth Kane. She's the one doing the study on the Libby method. She's a Libby loser herself. I think at one point down 70 pounds, Ruth. Is that correct? Uh, Maintaining for a while now. Um, Let's talk about the the Shirk funding, like just just quickly, because that's really huge. That's like, that's big news. Yeah. (laughs) I'm an education professor. I've been training teachers and working in First Nations and Inuit education, teacher education for many, many years. I'm close to retirement. And there is a, Shirk is the biggest competitive funding for human, um, Humanities Social Science Research in Canada. It's the big government funding. And I've had grants before for teacher education in the North, teacher education in First Nations communities and urban schools. But there is a pool, a small pool of money that they allocate for senior researchers like myself who have changed direction in their research to help them kickstart a new research direction. So I applied in 2022, I guess, early last year. It was a bit of a long shot. I really didn't know because the difficulty is is that SHRC is humanities and social sciences or social sciences and humanities. There is another one for medical and health research. And so I stuck to SHRC and framed the study as how do we, as an online learning, how do we build communities online for social good? How can we use online communities um, to for people who have shared issues to problem-solving things? And we won it for two years. We've got it for two years, and it's not huge, but it pays for research assistants and my statistician and it pays for us to present at conferences so yeah it's it's magic it's because I had used my own research funds for the previous two years just to get my doctoral students to do some work with me but um that was going to run out so this is good and we'll apply for another one as we've got this presentation and we've got the publications, we'll then see if we can go for a bigger one. And it may be in the health. I'm hoping at the conference we'll, we'll connect with people who, who may be also interested, perhaps some doctoral students, and we'll be able to build a, a stronger group of researchers because, like, the the medical stuff is not my field. I'm doing my best, but and I'm confident of what we've got, but it would be good to have a health researcher on the team. Yes, I would love that too. And the, 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 the online learning is so important because it's about community and it's beyond weight loss. It's mm. be able to take every single person 
who goes to their doctor and their doctor says, you know, you have this health issue. You need to go get healthy and lose weight. And, you know, it's really beyond weight loss just to get healthy 101 and, and, and a how to to do that. And to be able to provide an online community, I think, which is a big part of our success, as we know, because that's how the groups have grown word of mouth from our amazing members. But to be able to be to reach people in remote areas. And, and that's the thing also about Facebook. It's like, you know, I get a lot of people don't like Facebook, but billions yeah. of people have Facebook. And, you know, like it reaches so many people out there um, and it is a great resource for people to be able to learn. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Let's talk about let's let's then talk about um, the conference. Uh, you know, I'm excited too. Um, you know, I, we were just looking through all the different things. Well, first of all, people are going to want to get their hands on what you're presenting. So afterwards, after you're done presenting next week, we'll we'll get it up somewhere. We'll we'll yeah. we'll we'll get Drew to make another graph, or we'll 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 post it. We can actually post it as is in its entirety over on our website. We'll we'll make it um, available to people for sure. But that's one of the things I'm interested in is people who are there are sort of talking about everything from drugs to, you know, what are the, what are the, I know you've gone over the, the, um, you know, who's going to be presenting what and all of that. What are the, what are the, what are people talking about in the, in the diet and and weight loss industry? Well, this is the obesity conference of Canada, the obesity summit. It's run every two years. So obviously it's the first time I've ever been to it. I'm a little bit, Surprised that most of, like, ninety percent of the med- the the presentations are either medical. Um, I mean, medical interventions, either yeah. surgeries or the drugs. But I guess that's what the medical society, perhaps, especially for people suffering or living with extreme obesity that's the only solution they see because diets don't work yeah i think that's where we're at that's where that's where diets are at i've seen that there wasn't like i've been around long enough to see the evolution of the diet industry over the years seen all the diets come and go dabbled in all the diets come and go and taken pieces of all those diets that come and go and incorporated them into the living method and i've seen it the last the last couple of years were based on this like people were starting to really understand that diets weren't working like i didn't talk about mind body connection and self-love and all of those things when i started my first group People weren't ready to hear it. And now, you know, through body acceptance and kind of like, you know, being more open to other things, it's, it's, it, the conversation has definitely evolved. Um, but I've seen this sort of thing where diets don't work. And then it was, you know, love yourself. And then we had doctors love yourself the way you are, which I, I love that, but it shouldn't be tied into weight. Um, and so the body positivity movement kind of got in there as, as, as something to do with your weight. So if you, if diets don't work, then you've got to love yourself the way that you are. And, Again, I love that, but that's what if you need to lose weight? And then to the point where doctors were even saying or started to say, well, diets don't work, so you're going to have to take this pill. And now it's like, it's like, so diets were getting such a bad rap. And it's like, now they don't even exist, which is strange. It's, it's literally all just filtering into to, to medical intervention. And it's like, you can feel it, like to the point that people aren't even ragging on diets anymore because the conversation isn't even there, which I think yeah. is a perfect time for us to slide in and be like, yo, wait, what about us? Like there is another way where you don't have to count and weigh and measure and go through all that diet dialogue and, you know, the detriment to your mental health and starving and depriving yourself and, you know, just to gain it all back plus more, you know? And, and so that I can feel it. It's, 
it's tangible. So I'm not actually surprised by that. It could be that it's a medical conference or it could just be like that's representation represent representative of where diets are at right now. You're you're studying what's out there. You're you're seeing what's out there. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's all part of it is all about quick fixes like you speak to often like we in the focus groups and I also had some one-on-ones with members who didn't want to come to the focus group and speak in a group but members who have had bariatric surgery and members who have taken Ozempic yeah and so it was very interesting to me to talk to them but I think that as a society and I'm going to sound like my mother. We're, <laughs> we're getting to, we, we want everything now. We want yeah. everything now. And, like, if you just stop for a minute and think, and I know that people with diabetes need Ozempic. It's a, it's a yeah. medical intervention for people yeah. with diabetes at a very low dose, the the dose for weight loss is actually higher than the dose for medical intervention for diabetes. Oh, so I, know that. I know that it's a useful drug for that. But to jump on it as a wonder drug for for weight loss, how can it ever be like if you sit with it for a moment and think about it, how can not having an appetite ever be good for a human body? How can it be a positive thing? Because you need to eat to survive. And that's, I mean, that's the crazy thing about about dieting. You're interfering with something that you need for survival. So I think in this program and from speaking in the focus groups to so many people, this teaches you what you watch three and four-year-olds if given access to good food and not highly processed junk food, that's what they do. They eat when they're hungry and they stop when they've had enough. Even if it's cake, I don't know. They will feed themselves according to what their body needs. And as a 66-year-old, I'd train my body, I'd put every barrier between my mind and body. I, um, that's so interesting because I've worked with people who've had bariatric surgery and they, they have a very hard time. Drew, can you just take the swipe off the screen? I'm just having a hard time focusing on Ruth. Um, and they really struggle with having lost the weight so quickly. Mm-hmm. They struggle not just like physically because they can't eat as much food and, you know, the obviously the, you know, the side effects and stuff that come with having bariatric surgery. They really struggle because they didn't learn how to be in tune to their body's needs. They, they didn't work through their issues and associations and habits. They didn't do any of that. And then they have a very hard time kind of reconciling that and, and really have deal with a lot of mental health issues as a side effect of that in sort of accepting change. Also, it's something where the weight happens so quickly. And even in our program, we talk about, you know, and maybe you experienced this having lost 70 pounds that it takes a while for your brain to catch up on where your body is at, like to really recognize that this, this is who you are now. And that really factors into people's belief of sustainability. If you take someone who's lost weight and gained it, lost weight and gained weight, and then got to the point where they just had to have medical intervention in terms of, you know, not for not trying or not for not being successful. So they've gone and lost it. They still don't trust that they're going to be able to maintain it. That doesn't go away just because you've had medical intervention. The same thing with Ozempic. And, you know, it's interesting and my sort of take on Ozempic is, first of all, if you can afford it, great. But there are side effects that come with it. And it is one. It, we do know, as I'm sure you've uncovered, the minute you stop taking it, you're just going to get yeah. that weight back. And suppressing your appetite is the opposite of being in tune. I woke up this morning um, thinking about the program. And it's, it's interesting because I was a big Oprah fan. And, you know, like there's like there's there's Oprah and there's like what Deepak and there's, you know, it's all that there's so much conversation about mind body connection and grounding yourself and connecting with yourself and self love. But I don't think people really understand what what it's all about and what your body should tell you when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat, like your mind body connection is this real thing. 
And, you know, I think a big part of the program is, is getting in tune with that and taking something that suppresses your appetite is just taking you further away and disconnecting from that mind body connection. But I, I'm not knocking Ozempic. I think for people to just take it as a weight loss drug and then do nothing else, I, do, I think that I think you could take Ozempic honestly in my new position on this. And this is exactly the kind of program you need to do if you are taking Ozempic. If you're going to take that, then you still need to make sure you have a nice high metabolism that you are eating and do recognize that even when taking a medical intervention, what does satisfaction feel like to you? What is normal for your body in terms of response? What are normal fluctuations for you? Because even if you're taking Ozempic, your weight is still going to fluctuate. <laughs> you know, it's all those things. And that's, you know, this kind of program is just so beyond, yes, great for sustainable uh, weight loss physically, but that mental element is such a huge part of the program i i would say would you say it's more physical or mental for people i think the start of it is physical without a doubt and that's where you get the 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 affirmation from but the the getting to know yourself and getting to know the person you could be or you are underneath all those layers of like there's a lot of people in the focus groups, a lot of people like me, like um, we would walk through the world pretty angry. Yeah. You know, I, this, like I'm very successful. I'm, I'm a successful um, educator and a university professor. I've got no complaints about that. I'm in a loving relationship. But part of you was always a little bit, Part of me, I shouldn't speak for me, but I, I've heard other stories much like this. We're much calmer now. Like yeah. my partner could probably tell you I'm a, car, a nicer person now than I was five years ago. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sort of it was always so much on your mind about trying to lose weight and being angry because it didn't work and being resentful of people who walked through the world as eating anything they liked and not ever going to the gym but, you know, had no varicose veins and no high blood pressure. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's, it's learning to become yourself and learning to become the best version of yourself that you want to be. And, but it is work. And it is learning. It's like a university course. It is learning. And I think one of the interesting things that I found, because I travelled back to New Zealand at the end of my weight loss after I'd lost that weight, and because of COVID, of course, nobody had seen me. And I went back and I lived there for four months. And people treat you differently when you're slim. Like my... I'm still the same person and I'm still 60 plus years old. But when you walk into a shop, people treat you differently. When yeah. you go on an airline, people treat you differently. And I had to reflect on whether I did that to people, mm. whether I look at people who look like I use big people, bigger people. Do I judge yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big learning curve going through this. But you need the time. You need the time. I'm, I'm glad that you just said that because I'm just sort of watching the comments here and people are kind of trying to pump someone up. I can't see the names and someone's only lost one pound and they're kind of like, I've only lost one pound and it's so hard. And, and it's just like, you know, I, 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 I get it. And this is why I can't wait to introduce you guys to Dr. Beverly about that, because like, how can you listen to this conversation today? And and that's the takeaway, right? Like I, I haven't lost a lot of weight yet and I'm, it's so hard. And, you know, again, we're only on week two. And even when we're presenting people the statistics, it's still like, that's the focus, you know, I think it's interesting um, what you, I know you and I've talked about this, how people treat you differently. And then I also said to you, well, maybe part of that too, is that you are 
you're different and the energy yeah. that you are presenting yourself with is is different as well man i could talk to you all day i do want to drew if you can Drew's going to kill me but can you bring up that graphic again i just want to talk about when people lose weight in the program so you know if you can kind of go down to the little um one that scrolls across with all of our different stats if we can find that because you actually broke down when people are losing in the group and it is very normal for people to not everyone loses in no. the first uh, week of the program. So if it just, uh, if you're watching right now, Drew will bring that up. Um, 90% of people who did the program feel confident at the end to lose this one. In which week did you, in which week did you, yeah, go back to the other one. Well, we could say 96% of people felt confident at the end of the program that they could continue the weight loss journey. So let's talk about that. Let's go through these individual ones. So people's confidence in it, that is that a, like, that's a big deal. Why do we care about that? That that confident to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that comes with the learning. You see, I don't see this program as a diet. I always just call it a program. Yeah. Because I think it's about learning. And mm-hmm. there's so many tools and so many strategies. And we're big people. We're adults. I can get up every morning and I can choose to drink water that day or I can choose not to. Yeah. I know if I choose to drink water, I'll feel better. And my weight, if I'm focused on losing weight, my weight will shift. Yeah. I can choose not to eat leafy greens or I can choose to eat them. So I know now. You know now. I know yeah. now what to do. And yeah. with when we lose weight, I I know if members are coming up on the screen saying, I've only lost one pound, that's very discouraging when they hear other stories. But we're all, our bodies are all so different. And, I mean, one of the programs, I took three programs to lose my weight. Um, and one of the programs, you know, was not that successful according yeah. to weight loss. In fact, I should say I took four. So winter, spring, fall, winter. And, you know, that's that's okay. There was a lady I, I interviewed in the focus group or member. I had the impression speaking with her that she was about six foot tall. She had lost 102 pounds. And she said, I did it over two years. She was in her 60s. And I had this impression she was very tall. And she wrote to me afterwards to give me a little bit of further information. And she was five foot three and she lost 103 pounds. But she said, take the time over two years. I did it. And she has what she wanted to tell me in the later email was I've got no baggy skin except for hair. Mm. So, I mean, to lose 100 pounds and for your skin to contract over your body yes because it's It's, the way you lose it it makes a difference not that that but i just imagine mentally like even the program you're just talking about what you when you didn't work successful on the scale i would imagine there was a lot of takeaways from that in terms of what you learned you know and if you took two years to lose like when you're carrying the baggage of a hundred pounds it should take you two years to work through the baggage that comes with that hundred pounds let's go to the next slide i'm just conscious of time drew the one that says this one here so 30% of 37% of members, and this is the winter stats, I would imagine the winter or fall, I'm not sure which one, um, lost in the first in prep week, 21% uh, in week one, 12% in week two, thir- uh, 6% in week three, 5% in week four, and something like 93% of our members lost weight, right? So yeah. The majority of people, and to your point, when people, and there are people who don't lose. I mean, sometimes when people talk about gaining weight, I think it's the perception, like you're not going to gain weight by eating healthy foods. There could be underlying issues. We're going to talk to Dr. Paul. He's going to be back. And there are reasons why some people's weight is slower to move. It doesn't mean it's impossible for them. And we have so many stories of people who didn't lose in their first group and then came back and were successful in their second. I mean, we have so many stories like that. But I just want people to know it's normal. Nine, 100% of people are not losing their weight in the, in prep week or week one or week two no. or week three. And we could probably take this to week five, six, and seven as well. And sometimes it seems like there's a lot of people that aren't losing, but we just tend to really focus on the people like 96, oh, actually more than that, 96.9% experience weight loss in the program. That's 
freaking huge. 74% experienced a clinically significant weight loss. And again, clinically significant is five greater than or equal to 5% of initial body weight within six month period. And people are experiencing this within three months. So it seems like sometimes because we're constantly talking about being frustrated that everyone is frustrated and nobody is losing. It's just that we want to help the people who aren't get across that finish line because most people are doing really well on the program, right? Like that's. Yeah. You just, you have to be patient. You have to do the work. The tools are there. And from a scientific point of view, there's evidence that it works, like 74%, and that's of 3,000 new members. So there's, there's uh, and that's about 25% of the new members. So there would have been 12,000 or it was 11,000 and something new members. Yeah. So there's others that didn't answer the survey. And, and I have to write in my scientific papers that, of course, the people that answered the survey are highly likely to be the people that were there in week 12. Yes. And uh, the whole program. Yeah. There are people that never show up. I've got a girlfriend who I introduced the program to. She lives in Thessaloniki in Greece. And she, I talked to her the other day and she said, I'm still donating to Gina every three months. She registers every three months and she says she's, She's never really been able to give it 100%. But she said, I will. And she registers every three months for every session. And she's had some success. But when she's ready, she will do it. She's got a little five-year-old. And she said, but she registers every session. And so there's people like her. There's others that register and, quite frankly, forget that they registered. Their lives are busy. So... Yeah, I think this is like, I think this is um, 96.9% of people who finish the program. Yeah. That really needs to be highlighted. And there are, I mean, we've had people who, um, who even on our own, our own staff, who've done program after program after yeah. program and life just getting in the way or it's hard for them or whatever. I just think there's never a downside. And this is what I love about the fact that our program is affordable for people. Most people it's affordable is that there is truly nothing to lose but weight and so much to gain, even just in attempting to show up for yourself because the way we go about weight loss is so healthy physically, mentally, you know, it's, it's really, it's, there's no downside to trying to focus on yourself, to trying to drink more water, trying to eat healthier, trying to get better sleep, trying to manage your stress, trying to prioritize yourself in your life. That's why it's just a really freaking awesome feel good program at the end of the day. And I just so excited that you are bringing the statistics and the numbers and you are proving and we will do this, that the living method, it works. And, you know, we want every doctor to pr- be promoting it and we want it to be accessible and affordable to everybody. And we would love for people's healthcare systems to be able to pay for it, insurance, pay for it, you know, for them one day. We want to reach people all over the world in the most remote communities. We want people just to be done with weight loss and move on. And you're a big part of that. I know we got to go, Ruth. Final words uh, from you um, to our members. Well, especially to... Um, those who are who are getting a little frustrated, there's like there's things to you can only do the best you can, and every day if you get up and you you try your best. One in one of the focus groups, one of the ladies who had done a few sessions had told us that what she learned because her second session, of course. She was a bit cocky and I know all this and she let a few things in. But she said that she reads the 20 questions, the checklist, the maximising checklist every Sunday. She Mm. gives herself some time by herself. She sits down, has a cup of tea and she reads through them and she chooses one. Uh, I wish I knew her name. It's in my other notebook. She chooses one and she says this week, I'm going to really try with that one. She doesn't choose all 19, 20. She chooses one. Love it. And it must be like that atomic habits because she said doing that every week 
they build on each other and she doesn't stop doing the one she chose last week. She chooses another. And so I'm trying to do that in this session to help me lose the last 15 or 20. So I'm trying to do the same thing and just trying to be healthier for myself too, Ruth. Yeah. Hang in there. It's been life changing for so, so many members and it's a community and I haven't even touched on this, but one of the most remarkable things, it's a community that doesn't judge you. Like mm. I can sit around my dining room table with my partner and his daughter and I find myself defending the program, mm. whereas I don't have to do that in the Livy community. People yeah. will say, go for it, you can do this, you can get up and you can have made a real mess of yesterday and people will say, yeah, so yeah. what? You can do it. Keep going. They won't judge you. So that's that a is, uh, that's, uh, you know, that really almost causes me to well up our amazing community because I just, I feel, truly feel like, man, we're just human. We're just trying to do our best. We're trying to feel our best. We're not perfect. And so I really embrace that, that progress over perfection. And, you know, it's just communicating with people and communicating with yourself and, you know, being loving to yourself and, and showing love to other people. And I, I think it's, um, you know, I drive around and I see people are angry and they're just, it just feels like everyone's angry and they're so struggling. And I'm really em- empathetic about that. But I think what we have here is a really special community. And I think the reason why my, my business straight up has been successful hands down, not because I created this amazing program, but because our amazing community has embraced it and shared it and gone through it. So now that we can prove it actually works and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. I think if, I think if everyone had a safe space every day and so many people are lonely too, like so many people are just lonely in their lives and they live in houses full of people and they just feel alone. And when you're carrying excess weight and the weight of that, um, it, it can really make you feel isolated and alone, uh, you know, yeah. even surrounded by many people. And I think people get it. And we're all like just, you know, we're all we're all part of something where we're just trying to do better. And um, yeah, I we we need to talk. We need to have you back and talk about community and really, truly how important that is. Also, we haven't touched on maintenance and the maintenance. Oh, no, that's a big <laughs> one. We don't have the evidence for maintenance. Yeah, we've got to go and I've got to go and have one of the things I never do. But since I'm going to a conference on Saturday, I'm going to have a manicure and a pedicure tomorrow. (laughs) Today, I got my manicure done. I will not show you my feet because I'm getting my pedicure done tonight. (laughs) I'm so excited to to meet you in real life, Ruth, and to spend time with you. Uh, I'm going to go see Ruth at the conference. I'll be going. I'm sure I'll be checking in and going. I'll be going live from Whistler. So Ruth is there. It's it's like six. 30, almost seven o'clock in the morning. So I'll be seeing you guys. I'll be getting up in the morning and joining you live from Whistler. Maybe I'll have you come on and join me uh, on a live. Too. Yeah, I'll be up there. That'll be fun. Um, thanks for everyone who joined us today. Um, I know Ruth is ecstatic to, to have this conversation. So am I. And I hope that you guys got a lot out of it and you really enjoyed it and you're really just feeling it because like it's really exciting not just what we're doing or Ruth's doing but what you guys are doing and I hope that you're that's your takeaway today um gotta go everyone Ruth have an amazing day enjoy the spa and I will see you on Saturday okay bye everyone